since before recorded time. It had swung through the universe in an elliptical orbit so large that its very existence remained a secret of time and space. But now, in the last few years of the 20th century, the visitor was returning. Hey everybody, welcome back to another sweet, sweet episode of Citizen Frame, the spoiler-filled and harsh language podcasts. Durs. That's <laughs> just through durs. I was doing pretty good there. That was my new intro and I screwed it up, but I was almost there. <laughs> oh, almost there. You'll get it next time. Yep. No, you'll I see won't. the progress. Get the hang of this. We'll see yep. you <laughs> yeah, yeah. Episode 100 is coming up. We'll, we'll get it right. Um, welcome everybody. Um... Uh, sorry about the delay in this one. We just had a, I had a little equipment issue, but we are back up and running. We got a couple couple uh, fresh podcasts coming out this week, um, and this one is an '80s. I guess you can say it's more of a cult film, but yeah. it was a hit when it did get released. And we're talking the 1984 Night of the Comet. And I am joined with the usual band of misfits, Trevor and Nula. Good to be here. Hey, and we're here just to. Shoot the shit about a film that I think has been forgotten. And I think that's why I wanted to kind of um, revisit it. It got recently released on, I want to say, Arrow Video, Shout Factory. One of those um, DVD, Blu-ray release mark, uh, um, manufacturers. And, and I, it just, I, just, I just remember really liking this when I was younger. Mm. And, um, but we'll see what happens when I revisit it just a few days ago. Guys, first experience with Night of the Comet? Is this your first time watching it? It was for me, yes. Okay. How about yeah. you, Nula? Uh, no, this wasn't my first time watching it. i maybe seen this movie about 15, 15, 16 years ago with my brother. We were going through one of those websites with like sci-fi movies. Oh, oh one of those websites? Like yeah. oh, <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm not going through one of those websites with my brother. That's, That's a fair point. Uh, <laughs> But um, wow, we, we were, we were <laughs> <laughs> off to a classy start, folks. Stick yeah, around. We'll just lowered yeah. the tone completely from from the off. <laughs> I'm no longer the unprofessional one of the group. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's in the tag. Professionalism is not an option. Exactly. So exactly. we're keeping on trend. It's all good. But um, we were scrolling through lists, and he went, "Oh, Night of the Comet. That's a good one. I seen that years ago whenever I was a kid." So we stuck it on and watched it. Um, and I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it whenever I first viewed it. Well, that's, that's, and that's, it's one of these films where, well, let's just jump into it. We'll get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right away, the movie already has me because I fucking love the music. Yeah, the soundtrack's uh, good. Yeah, it's very, uh, the film really does reference the other films. It's kind of talking, it's kind of, um, kind of part of. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie pretty much opens up in a movie theater, which right there you had me. I loved when I was younger going to the movie theater and playing my video games before going to see the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And this film is pretty much knew what it what it was. It was a cult film. I mean, even in the mid '80s, this movie only cost seven hundred thousand to make, and it made like thirteen million. So that's pretty impressive. Wow, that is. Um, it only had to double the budget of what Halloween had, did. Um, and the great thing about it, it kind of played homage to the cults that the movie was kind of uh, following. If you look in the movie theater, it had Tommy. It had Escape from New York, which is a cult film. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. it wasn't a hit. And mm-hmm. a Valley Girl. And the reason I bring up these two posters, particularly Valley Girl and Escape from New York, the movie itself plays on that. With Escape from New York, obviously isolated, trapped in a city. Apocalypse. And yeah. then you had Valley Girl with that kind of pop 
ska yeah, it's a music. Fusion of the two. Yeah, exactly. Which this the music here is a lot familiar with what you got from Valley Girl, um, which I thought was clever and fun. Kind of uh, marketing toward those. That's their core audience. Yeah. And of course, we're introduced to our heroine, Regina, played by the beautiful Catherine Mary Stewart. Mm-hmm. And I did IMBD here. She's still a little cutie. She's still acting and, um, yes, consistently yes, as well. She, yeah, she, she's still going, yeah. She oh, was yeah. um I actually found out that she was the voice of Moira in Red Dead Redemption 2. So any Red Dead fans out there would recognize her voice. But I was also surprised and I and I didn't really realise it and I was like, Oh my god, yes, she's the neighbor girl in The Last Starfighter. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. She was kind of, you know, it, she like I said, she, she's done okay for herself. Yeah. But she was the poster child of the next big thing. Um, now, she kind of just disappeared, and now she just does, you know, jobs here and there. Yeah, she's more of a job um, actress. Although there, there was, uh, I think at one point in her career in the 80s, there was that potential to hit the big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. With this um, uh, last Starfighter, um, yeah, she just kind of went her own way. Um, nothing wrong with that. Like I said, she's had a pretty successful career, but it's nice to see her anyway. Yeah. Uh, this film um, pretty much has only a few couple locations. Okay. One big one, which is L.A. Yeah. The film is pretty much geared around toward a comet. Everyone's going outside to see the comet. Everyone's excited. Anyone who was outside when the comet passed all turned to dust. Anybody who was enclosed, it'd have to be in a steel area, like a storage room or whatnot. It's kind of weird, the rules of what the comet... Yeah. It's the radiation, pierce. I guess. Can I say as well, yeah. that, um, the, the, uh, a clever thing about um, the time this film came out is that in, in 1985, Halley's Comet was due to pass by the Earth for yep. the first time in like maybe 70, 80 odd years. So it was playing on the worries and fears of that, which I thought was um, quite clever to do that at, the, at that specific time. Yeah, they actually mention, they actually yes. mention Halley's Comet um, during the movie too. So yeah, good check. They, um, they, uh, there's uh, three, main, three different characters in this one. You have Regina, you have Samantha, and you have Hector. That's all you mm. really need to know. And then you got the the CDC guys or whatever they are. Um, those are the three main characters. And this I don't know if you go. I know I know you will, Trevor, in two seconds flat when I mention this movie. The film um, reminded me so much. So when the comet hits, she ends up spending the night with her boyfriend inside the uh, the projection booth. Yeah, which he makes a comet. It's all steel barrier from the olden cinema days, whatever we whatever it says. So mm-hmm. they were in a steel booth, sarcophagus, I guess you could say, and then they were okay. That's why they were able to survive it. Um, and so when she walks out and the boyfriend is killed by the zombie man, the people who are somewhat exposed to it who are maybe mm. somewhat isolated, they turn eventually. Yes. They, and they start decaying and becoming zombies, a zombie-esque character. Um, anyways, she runs out and she quickly finds out that something's going wrong. That's one thing I like about the film. It's fast-paced. It's rough, yeah. you know, 10 minutes. She already knows what's going on. But she walks out and she's in the middle of L.A. And it's just her. And they shot this early in the morning to be able to oh, get yeah. these shots in L.A. This... It reminded me, and I love this film, Charlton Heston's movie called The Omega Man. Oh, The Omega Man, 100%. Yeah, which has obviously been retold 300 times. Yeah, I Am Legend. Legend. Yeah. But 
didn't you guys get that feel? The opening scene of Charlton Heston driving his car through L.A. all by himself. Well, no, not just yeah. that. Um, a lot of it's very um, homage to that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of science fiction horror films have uh, done something similar, including the likes of um, Day of the Triffids, Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, whenever Killian Murphy is walking through Lo- a deserted London and stuff. So um, good. Regarding Night of the Comet, I love the, the visuals of the red sky. After yes. you know everything had went to shit, and that you know desolate, barren wasteland, you know it was once this totally you know um, vibrant city, and it's now this just well a complete sort of apocalyptic Mad Max type scenario. Mm-hmm. It is. It's um, and like I mentioned in the beginning, they have seven hundred thousand seven hundred thousand pound budget, so they have nothing to work with here. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah. quick you know camera tricks and stuff like that, and um, uh, to be able to get that that red sky look. And uh, to be able to get those nice shots with the desertion of LA is pretty sweet. Yeah, you really feel like the the emptiness of it. They did yeah. such yes. a good job at, at that, and even like the slight echo you hear when they're Taunting. speaking, mm-hmm, definitely. And kind of cool as well. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a warp sort of way, you know. So then we have we're introduced to Samantha, which is Regina's kid sister, um, who I think actually. We always talk about character arcs. I think she she has the best arc of, of all the characters, mm-hmm. and actually uh-huh. she's really one who really really has one. To be fair, yeah. Um, she is. She's the young jealous sister because her older sister Regina is you know hot and gets all the guys, mm-hmm. um, and that that plays. Um, what about the, the stepmother? The she's goes. a fucking bitch, isn't she? Doris. Yeah, you know. I oh. was going to mention. Yeah, before everyone dies, she gets into a fight with the stepmother Samantha. <laughs> And mm-hmm. Regina, yeah, is still in the movie theater, obviously. So, the mother, she slaps uh, the mother, the, the stepmother. Then she slaps her, and then she punches the daughter. The daughter <laughs> yeah, the and she goes tumbling. It was this kind of what I liked about the scene is is the actress. Um, she she's playing off the uh, off the stepmother, being kind of a little smart ass. Yeah, but but the mother's just the stepmother's just as bad. But the stepmother clocks her. I mean, we're talking punches her, and she, you know, she flies over the couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her reaction's brilliant because at the end of the day, her reaction, she's just a kid. Mm-hmm. If you look at her, the way she, the way she um, gets up and she t- she touches her lip and it's bleeding, she almost like pouts. Yeah, like a little. And the actress, the actress was older who played that part, and she really sold it that she's yeah. just a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, unlike that fucking bitch who was like fifty, playing the twelve year old. She was having an affair with a neighbor as well. Yep. Um, so I like the introduction to Samantha's character, and she's the one I kind of uh, cling to for for most of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they get together, they end up going to this. Uh, again, the next location is the this, uh, what is it? They hear this radio broadcast. The radio station, yeah. Yeah, so they think there's somebody alive. They think there's a DJ, you know, out there. Turned out it's just a recording. Lazy DJs, huh? Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, we're not. Well, yeah, we're we're live. We're not lazy. Exactly. Yeah. Reminds this me of recording from home anytime. during the lockdown. We're live. We're not lazy. Yep. We're live. We're not lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, recorded is live. <laughs> I, I know, but it's, fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> oh my God, guys, nobody gets my humor anymore. Nobody gets my humor. I do. I do. I, I hope gotcha. our listening. I hope our listening audience understood my joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I did. I did. I definitely oh, did. Yeah. Um. I want to get canned laughter. We talked about that. Maybe it's somebody <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Citizen Frame was recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll get Colin and um, Chris and stuff to do it, you know, whenever they're not on the podcast, and then I'll do it whenever I'm not on. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the problem. You guys still won't laugh at my jokes. <laughs> we tumbleweed. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Um, yeah, so they meet this other guy, Hector. And you can obviously see already Regina and, he- and Hector are kind of hitting it off. It's a really bad relationship. It's yeah. so corny and stupid, it's but I'm so going quick. with it. Yeah. yeah. But you know what, though? For any Star Trek fans out there, this is Chakotay yes. from Star Trek Voyager, folks. A young Chakotay. Yeah. So if you're into that, watch this movie. Yeah, I did look him up. I did see that. That was his big credit. Claim mm-hmm. to fame. Um, and he tells them that, listen, you girls stay at the radio. I got to go to San Diego and see my mom. I have to do it. I have no choice. And they go, you come back, right? I know, girl. I love you. You know, I was like, what the fuck? Well, what it has to be said about this film as well is that um, it's it's a a cult classic Christmas film. It is. Yeah, there's so many Christmas Christmas songs. Yeah, well, it's set at Christmas and he even dresses as Santa. Santa? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, is that why he was dressed as Santa? Yeah, yeah, it's set on like Christmas Eve or something. Yep. Oh, I didn't He's, catch that. Uh, he was coming to bring her Christmas presents, Regina, whenever he realized that they weren't there. And that's uh, why the kids were off to see Santa later uh, in the movie. Oh, uh, all right. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, okay, so he makes this big speech that I have to go see my mom. I have to make, my, my, make sure my mom's okay. So he goes to his mom's house. And he walks in, and this little kid, neighbor kid, attacks him. He's like a zombie because he got. You know, I love this. And the way he just the slammed the door in the kid's <laughs> face. He opened it and went, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> and but what happened to the mom? God well, no, she's probably damn, dust. Well, I know that, but for, for this big, this big buildup, yeah, I gotta go see my mom. He pretty much, and he shows he's, after you, you realize he obviously survives the kid chasing him. We cut to he's coming back and he's in a Santa outfit. But yet, where's the yeah. sadness of losing his mom the, the, that he was so dying to get? The, the, the problem, the, the main problem I um, had with this film, and I think it's you know due to a lack of budget, which I totally appreciate and understand. However, there, there was a, a lot of stuff lagging. Like there was a lack of zombies. Um, the, the the sort of half zombie mutant type, you know, young guys um, who invaded the, the radio station um, were a bit ropey. And, you know, it's essentially um, a poor man's Dawn of the Dead, you know, the original Dawn of the Dead. You know, there's a well, lot of yeah, stuff lifted right. directly I... from Dawn of the Dead. However, I appreciate that a lot of this would be is down to pr- probably a lack of budget. So, you know, they obviously had to make do with what they had. Yeah, they needed more extras yeah. um, in order yeah. for that to work. But let's talk about the, the gang scene, which is probably my favorite scene in the film. That's when the two girls are waiting for Hector to come back. They decide they're going to go the shopping. Mall. Let's go to the mall and go shopping. And the stock team <laughs> have all slowly turned. Um, they have taken over the store. Um, and there's a really corny fight scene. But it's it's mm-hmm. funny. I, I don't know why. It reminded me of the old, you know what it reminded me of? The old 60s Batman. Oh, yeah. It's yes. cheesy. You know, it's the dumb whap. goons and yep. stuff. Whap. Yeah. And yeah, it was very cheesy, but you weren't offended cheesy. It's camp. Like, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, but it, it just reminded me of that, you know, uh, like I said, the 60s Batman. Yeah. And playing for good fun. And obviously, they're about to be killed uh, by the stock team when all of a sudden the CDC or these. Okay, let me. Okay, there's as the film goes, and I'm, we're going pretty fast through it because there's not much really. There's not really much meat on the bone for this film to be fair. You're introduced to the side story of these scientists who knew this was going to happen, so they went underground to protect themselves. But what happened was <laughs> the, 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 one geniuses. Somebody left the um, 
the what is it? They left air the conditioning uh, air conditioning on. The on. So when the comet hit, some of the <laughs> goo, whatever comet goo, whatever, got into mm-hmm. the air air ducts, causing them to slowly turn. So they're trying to find survivors and seeing if they're immune. So they're kidnapping them, making them brain dead, and then take, harvesting taking their, their blood, blood, harvesting yeah. their blood. Pretty creepy. Uh, yeah. When when I say it and when we talk about it, it sounds creepy. <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's but we all know. Well we all know. Um, one of the yeah. guys playing one of the scientists, I forget the, the actor's name, Jeffrey but he also Lewis. appears in the 1979 TV movie of Salem's Lot in a very creepy role. That's uh, Jeffrey Lewis. Yes. Um, he was a character. Actually, he was a supporting actor. He did a lot of the uh, Clint Eastwoods. Mm-hmm. Um, Any Which Way But Loose. Um, do you know... Do you know the actor actress Juliette Lewis? Yes, that's yep. that's her that's her father. Oh, that's right. her I dad, right? Yeah, oh, I like wow. Juliette Lewis, okay. and I like him, you know, as well. Um, so just yeah, I always liked I always like Jeffrey Lewis. I always liked Jeffrey Lewis. He just passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was a great um, um, character actor back then. Yeah, yeah, he was he, he was so always nice to see. So yeah, so these guys saved the day. They saved the girls from getting killed by the stock team the zombies. And but obviously they want to take uh they're for the you know they think they're being saved but obviously they're going to be you know harvested mm-hmm. but to leave the sister there they're going to kill the sister and they're going to take Regina the older sister with with them mm-hmm. so she's gone there's a scene here and again we're going back to the uh, <coughs> I, I don't know why I don't have the actress's name in front of me that's stupid of me I should have had it. Uh, Samantha, the younger sister, again has another really nice scene, and it's 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 probably silly and it is camp, but I really felt sorry for her again. Mm. So they are going to kill her by making her to go, you know, just go to sleep, a painless death. Yeah. Yes. And as she, you think that's what's happening, but as the, she's um, giving her the needle. She's Samantha's just talking about how innocent she's just she's talking like a kid, like a, a yeah. very childlike. And as she's slowly falling asleep, she's talking about hopes and all this stuff like that. And she really does sell it. I actually really felt sorry for her because I couldn't remember the twist. So I was like, oh man, that's too bad because I really liked the character and she sold that little scene. As silly as it might, it is camp and it is silly, but this is the scene. That makes this the difference between the shit that you get on the Sci-Fi Channel, mm. yeah, um, which is filmed the same way. To be fair, it, um, it's low budget, don't have much to work with, but this goes to show you at least these guys um, had charm. Mm-hmm. It had charm to yeah. it, and that's what sells the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good scene. If you guys are gonna know what you watch, you have to listen to this podcast. Check it out. And you might see what I'm talking about. Um, Hector shows up in the Santa outfit. And it turns out that Samantha was not injected by anything. Uh, it was just probably uh, it was something some some sleeping sleeping goo. I don't know <laughs> what it was, but it turns out that one of the doctors was not gonna was not gonna kill her, um, and told her. Well, the whole time you thought she was the bad guy because she's she didn't the only want, one. With she sense. didn't want to take any humans. I don't want. We're not taking any humans. I don't want to take any humans. Yeah, she was the only we one. Don't realize she didn't want to take thing. humans. Yeah, we thought she didn't want to save any humans because she's being selfish, but she wasn't. She didn't want to take any humans because they knew what they're going to do to them when they got them. Yeah, and exactly. so she ends up taking her own life with the actual shot. And Hector and Samantha decide to uh, go save the day and get her sister out, break her out of the 
the scientific sort of um, facility. High security yeah. facility, yeah. Yes. Dressed as yeah. a cowboy. What is yeah. it, yeah. Hector in his disguises? It's Santa and a cowboy a, and all sorts? Such a bad scene. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's so then, corny. Yeah, and then you got this, this the set. I mean, I guess they're working with it, with, but the set's so just plain. And this is like being mm. the massive infrastructure. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, you got a cast of three people. They're working with what they got, but you went with it. Um, they escape, and long story short, her and Hector um, pretty much adopted two kids that they saved yes. their lives. And, which I think and they saved corny. the corniest scene for the very end. Oh, God, yeah. The, <laughs> what was the, that? What was football, that? Football, the family football in Fade the Black. <laughs> yeah, with, oh, uh, God, no, yeah, whenever the, um, the guy in the sports car weighs in. Oh, God, the crossing, yeah. yeah. Nobody's here. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's right, DMK. Yeah, from the yes. video game. From the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know it's it's a film that's so simple in its storytelling, um, and usually I have a problem with that, and we'll talk about it in my review with uh, when we talk when I compare this to that piece of shit critters, and <laughs> and so quickly, what what's your, what's your thoughts, Trevor? You go first. You haven't seen it, so I'd be interested to hear. Yeah, thoughts. it was my it was my first time watching it. Um, and yeah, um, I really wanted to like this film because I do love my sort of B movie almost exploitation type films from the, mm. this era. Um, I think it started off well, but it is severely lacking, and it is a bit of a chore to get through to the end. Um, you know, being completely honest, um, there is some likable stuff about it. there. Are, you know, the, the early scenes after the comet comes are, are quite haunting and stuff. You know, the whole Omega Man vibe, and you know, there's that you know twenty eight days later that whole apocalyptic thing. I think it lifts a lot from Dawn of the Dead, but and also an American Werewolf in London. You know, the Dream Within a Dream scene, and you know the zombie coming. Um, uh, but I don't think they are um, anywhere near as good as those films. I'm sorry, I don't think it is anywhere near as good as those films. That said, I think a lot of this was. I think it probably looked great on paper on on the script, but I think they were restricted by a lack of budget, and they, you know, it it's okay. It it works okay with what what, what they had, and you know, you can see their obvious you know efforts um you know getting into it, but it is lacking. Um, I think the best thing it actually has going for it is the eighties nostalgia for me personally, anyway. You know, um, but yeah, there's you know the soundtrack's quite good, and you know, um, the the three leads are, are actually quite good as well. You know, Robert Belt um Beltram, and um, Catherine Mary Stewart, and um, the other um, woman who plays you know the the younger sister Samantha. Um, I think that they're generally quite likable, but I think it would have been a lot better. Um, in the hands of a better director and also with a bigger budget. All right. Cool. Well, um, this kind of falls in the realm for me of the, one of those good bad movies where it it does ha- it has a lot like it misses opportunities at points and yes with with there could have been a bigger cast and they could have shown more of the zombies and things like Definitely that and I, I do agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. I do agree with that. But I whenever I watch it, I do enjoy it. Um, but can see its warts, if if you know yeah. what I mean. Um, I would definitely recommend giving it a watch. There, there actually there's talks. I, I think the script, the or the screenplay, excuse me, is already written for a remake. Um, there was some news came out about that a couple of years ago. So I think this is a movie that we might see soon. Um, redone again and maybe done better. 
you know, so it would be nice to see how they pick that up and what changes they make with it. But yeah, it's it's not it's not the best movie you'll ever see. It's not the worst by any means. Um, it hits on comedy. There's likable characters and it makes up a bit for where, where it has its feelings. But overall for me, it's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, I mean, pretty much to piggyback when you said Nola, I mean, it's what it is. I, I, I think it has a lot more going for it than, than, um, than, uh, than that piece of shit critters. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a tip. This, well, that's a piece of shit. Okay, so you've got a two million budget critters, right? And critters showed you these visual effects they shouldn't have done because they can't do them with two million. Like the spaceships flying, we're not go we're not go over it again. But you guys thought it was you know Oscar winning effects. But I well, said, I won't go that far. But no, whatever, Trevor. Yeah. Well, I I know I, I got the edited copy. Um, <laughs> so this knew what it had. It had seven hundred thousand first time director. He wrote the script as well, and he. Um, he, he he did what he had to work with. Now there's some him being a you know a newbie as a director. It's got flaws. Um, he uses a really neat scene. What well, could have been is she's having these two dreams back to back, and the two cops pull her over, and the cops are zombies, and she starts peeling his hand off. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I rather them use that for more of a real fight scene and use that use that budget. Instead of using mm-hmm. it for a dream sequence, actually implement it into the story. Yeah. Um, have a couple more attacks. Like they're really, you know, like they are actually in peril. I know what you mean. Yeah. And I actually felt uh, there was a severe lack of tension there as well. Yeah. And that's where they could have taken that. Instead of being a cop out and spending all this money on a cool dream sequence, implement that as a fight scene somewhere. Um, would have been nice. But the one thing uh, this movie has, and a lot of these, like Credits doesn't, is charm. I talked about uh, Samantha, the character who I really, actually, really liked. Check those scenes out. I mentioned when she gets hit in the face and when she's, well, being put to sleep, technically. Um, it's actually really good performance by the young actress. Um, I do like the setting. I like any, any kind of film. We mentioned The Omega Man. I like that. Uh, yeah. They got the, the red sky. There's a movie you reminded me of called Damnation Alley that nobody knows about, but it no, came out in the that. set no. late. Came out in the late seventies with John John Michael Vincent and George Pappard. Um, if you like that kind of film, you should check out mm. Damnation Alley. It's pretty cool. Big killer okay. scorpions, cool. big killer cockroaches. Um, but and of course the eighties nostalgia. So it's got the music, which I absolutely love. I actually yeah. for the podcast, I'm trying to find the score for. It. I couldn't find anything. All they have is the soundtrack. So all the songs from this movie are in it. Uh, if you like the music, you can get it. It's available. MP3 download. You can get it CD, whatever you want. So it's still obviously quite popular. Um, I love the music. I love the nostalgia of it. I love the movie theater with all the posters playing homage, kind of a little wink to the audience. Yeah. We're kind of like you know, our Valley Girl, our Escape from New York. Um, that, uh, it came from outer space. Too. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a At great the scene where <laughs> the projectionist is going, hey, man, I've got it came from outer space, the original print. You gotta you gotta pay me for this hundred dollars. I'm not I'm not doing that for a hundred dollars. This is the original print. And then he goes, "What? That's right, hundred ten dollars. That's what <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about." Um, you see, I think it's got a lot more positives than negatives. So I think anyone who likes old '80s cheese, give it a watch. Um, then there was that one you- as well in the '80s, um, which was. Um, you know, sort of end of the world type um, scenario, Red Dawn. Oh, this is not Red. This that's a completely different film. Oh yeah, I know, I know that. There, but no, there, no, no, no. But there was a sort of uh, there was a sort of series. You know, there was a sort of 
almost like many craze of these types of apocalyptic films back then. I suppose they've never really went away, to be honest. You know, they've, they've yeah, always been apocalyptic well, films. Yeah, but this is not right. I know, but I, I know what you're saying. Uh, but, Brett, you, you don't know the story, Brett. This is not Red Dawn. I haven't seen Red Dawn since I was a kid, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Red Dawn? This is not Red Dawn. Yeah, Don't I'm, listen, Trevor. This is not Red Dawn. Not since I was a kid. Yeah. So I'll take okay. your word for it. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no. I, but I hear what you're saying. It, it, it does. There's a lot of different films that came out um, back then in regards to Last Man on Earth kind of kind yeah. of films. Um, and it's directed by Tom Abernhart, who's still working today. He's he, he does a lot of TV. But I'm gonna give him an honorable mention. He did one of my favorite stupidest comedies ever filmed. He what did is that? Kurt Russell, Captain Ron. You guys have never seen Captain Ron. I haven't. Have nope. You, you guys want to fucking so. laugh? He plays kind of a Snake Plissken character. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's got one eye. He's got the patch. Yeah. And he's taking this Martin Shorts in it. <laughs> he's taking his family, and he's the captain, Captain Ron of this ship. He's gonna give them a tour of the Caribbean islands, but he's horrible at it. <laughs> It's fucking okay. hilarious. You gotta see right. Captain Ron. I own it. <laughs> I love it. Gotta see Captain Ron. He went on to do comedies. He did Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Yes, Honey, I yes. Shot the Kids, stuff like that. Um, so he's, he's had a pretty good career. Um, pretty much the same career that the guy who did, uh, Stephen Hurick, who did Critters. Yeah. They all kind of yeah. went the same path. Uh, but if they are remaking it, I hope they keep the charm. Yeah. Um, they don't make it an R-rated blood fest. Um, the the night of the comet should be done with somebody like Amblin Entertainment who does a lot of Spielberg stuff. That's where this kind of falls into place. We keep talking the explorers and the Goonies and stuff. This is kind of where this falls into place. This is below them. Don't get me wrong, but if you like those ventures, give this a watch. Um, that's a wrap on Night of the Comet. Quite a simple little one, to be fair. Um, kind of knew that going into it. There's not much meat on the bone, um, but that doesn't necessarily ruin the film. Um, what else do we got going on? Oh, yes, we're doing Commando in a couple days. Wow, you're so going Commando, Kieran? You, we don't want to know that. Uh, man, you know, lady, lady <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> well, it is. It has been warm. <laughs> well, um, but uh, the Commando should be a fun one. And then we got to go back to Spidey. We got to do Venom, and oh, yeah. we got a couple other ones coming up. That we're excited to do. We're gonna do some new releases. Army of the Dead. We're gonna be doing. Yes. Uh, we're going to do Black Widow, and we're going to do. And then we're gonna hit. Yeah, I put this one on the list because I want because I want to teach Trevor something. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Because the greatest movie ever made. I'm not even gonna say the name because I fucking hate it. <laughs> that that cannot right? be mentioned. Yes, I will not mention it again. But we're gonna do a movie called Shape of the Water, which won the Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah, it's the second horror film to win the Oscar. I've seen the Shape of Water. Yeah, it's, it's so, pretty good. Uh, a, a true H.P. Lovecraftian tale. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's um, creature from the Black you, Lagoon and stuff going on there as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yes. But have you seen it, Nula? Um, I don't think so. No. You, I Terro. It's a fairy tale. Yeah. Oh. So you it, will, yes. you will like it. Yes, I, I have seen clips of this. Now, here's the twist. Mm. I saw it, and I don't think it was that good. But I mm. think I revi- I'm i going to revisit it. Uh, I just picked it up. I got it on 4K. I'm going to watch it again. So, obviously, I want Trevor's influence because of his love for Lovecraft. No problem. And I want your influence because of your love for fantasy. You okay. I'm dying. So, you guys would be the perfect you know, people to yeah. uh, you know, bounce off. Bounce off mm-hmm. uh, thoughts. And cool. So, we got that coming up. And... 
not much more. We got a bunch of new followers, so welcome to everybody. Um, we keep getting a uh, series of downloads. We absolutely do appreciate it. Um, again, please always chime in on our Instagram, Citizen Frame underscore podcast, or certainly on Facebook at Citizen Frame. All feedback uh, is welcome. Yeah, please do. We want to start getting, we're going to take requests at this point. Yeah. So if you have yeah. something you want to hear, something that's, not what we just did or something that we, you know, something maybe outside the box or a film that you, no one has ever heard of. Kind of like Night of the Comet, maybe. Something you like, oh, I like this one. Can you do that? We'll t- we we rather do a film we haven't seen. Oh, so absolutely. That, that yeah, yeah. kind of fun. Um, so throw something at us. We'll certainly take that on board. Um, we are going to end this one pretty nice little quiet one. I kind of like that. Mm. Kind of like that. Guys, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having us. Always always. great to be here. And we do have to do one little massive shout out. And that is to our co host tonight, Nula. Yes. Yes. Congratulations on this Saturday coming up. You will be getting married. Hitched. Massive (laughs) congratulations, Nula. Thank you. Thank you. To you and the future husband. I'll let him know. I got to send him a. A grievance notice or something. <laughs> it's been a long time in the making. He's stu- he's stuck with me for fifteen years, so he thought, oh, may as well. Let's make it official. Yeah, <laughs> let's make it official, eh? Fair play. But yes, thank uh, thank I'm you so much. For, can't all, wait. all the, the the greatest of happiness in the future. Thank you, thank you so much. Happiness and a lot of cake. That's yep. what we're planning for. <laughs> that's that's what it's all about. Weddings, cake. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, listen, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us. You take care of yourselves. I hope you enjoyed Night of the Comet. We'll be back in a couple of days with Commando. You guys all have a good one. Take care of yourselves. Bye.